we try to continue to develop and grow this podcast, we welcome you to Amateur Hour. My producer and co-host, Danny Wexman, I'm Darren Sutton. And I always say it, it's, it's become a simple phrase since, you know, we've all kind of moved into this amateur space. We're glad you found us because we're fortunate enough to find these amazing stories, these talented athletes, kind of, uh, you know, goals, as the young people say, goals, young men and, and young women when they come on this show. Um, because they're accomplishing massive, multiple things in their lives. And Danny, I love this show that you've put together this week. Maui Ahuna from, from the island. I mean, a Hawaiian baseball player and the likes of Kalai Rosario from a couple of years ago with the Indians, one of my favorites. He's doing incredible things at KU. He undersells how good he is. I love that part of the conversation. Um, and, and, then, and then Chase Burns, you know, he's not the only guy that can throw triple digits on campus at Tennessee. Uh, Tony Vitello, probably one of the best stories in all of college baseball is Tennessee. They may be shockingly the, the toughest team to play in the country right now because of all their arms. So let's start there. Two amazing guests from college baseball. I was excited for this week because whenever you get an opportunity, I think, to talk to someone from Hawaii who comes over to the mainland to play baseball, you know, there's going to be a story and you know, there's going to be passion and the one word that he used to describe himself was heart. And you can hear heart when he talks about his family, when he talks about his teammates, when he talks about how he's playing. You and I both dug into the numbers. He's had one Oh four game, right? One game where he didn't get a hit, came back the next day and got a pair and some RBI as well. So I was excited to learn about him. Why did he pick KU and his dad, Walter, the, the impact that his dad has had on him as well, but it takes, it literally takes an army of people to help you get to where you want to go. And he's landed smack dab in the middle of the country playing for KU baseball in the big 12. And his story is phenomenal. I think everyone's going to really love it. And then you have Chase Burns who could have gone and started his pro career. Instead, Tony Vitello, as you mentioned, lured him over. It probably wasn't very hard because that's what Tony Vitello does best. That's what that program does best at Tennessee. And they've just kind of, figured out who they are and those guys fight for Tony they go after the game for Tony and I think that speaks volumes that's why they're so successful because it's never me it's always we and what Chase is doing as a freshman at that program is impressive and I was excited to catch up with him he was a PG All-American and hear about you know his family their history with the military and maybe that's something Chase sees in his future but for now I mean he's crushing it at Tennessee Yes, I love that part of it. I love that's why I wore my USA shirt. I love how, you know, he's chasing his journey. He's going to be a a pro for sure, you know, PG All-American. But I love that that was part of his thought process um, because he has so much respect for his upbringing, how how his parents were able to put him in positive places because of the, uh, you know, the great career that they have found in the military, plus the discipline that they have found. We'll also uh, take a little piece from our from our great show, Perfect Game college baseball streaming every week on perfect game TV. My co-host is Hunter Pence. Uh, Love that. I mean, Hunter's been with us for almost gosh, a year and a half. Now he does such a great job. He's on a short hiatus with family in Australia. Um, But, but I had a great conversation with Chase Davis, the perfect game, all American who got all of 30 at bats last year. You go from PG all American to watching everyone else play. And that's what he did his freshman year. He helped the bat boy. He helped cheer. He didn't play like he wanted to. He didn't have a bad attitude, but I'm sure privately it was frustrating. 
to now being one of the best power hitters this year on the West Coast. Matter of fact, right after uh, I had the conversation with Chase, uh, he went out and hit a grand slam and hit another homer, had a nine RBI weekend against Stanford. Um, one of the great sluggers in the pack. So uh, I'm loving who he's becoming, but I think different maybe than is his journey than some of the others we have on here. He went from draft guy, you know, in a, in a weird year of, of 2020 to just sitting and watching to back to where he should be. To me, that's a certain kind of wisdom he's gained. Well, yeah, when you have to sit out and watch everybody else learn, grow, get the chance to make mistakes, right? It's a privilege to get to do that. Well, that's why you go to college, to develop, to have the chance to get all those mistakes out of your system and, and be the best that you can. But Chase, I think, has always had the confidence. He's always known how good he can be. But as you said, he's quiet. He's a really humble kid. I'm I'm excited to see his success. I'm glad you got to catch up to him, uh, catch up with him. I'm sure that the the reason he hit the grand slam though is because you talked to him. I'm sure, sure that there's a correlation there. For sure, dad power. You know, we like to say dad power. You know, us older dads, you you pass along that good wisdom. I I tell you, you talk about it's a privilege to learn. Not everybody sees it that way in the world of sometimes travel ball parents. And inpatient athletes, um, we got to have it now. We want it now. It's on our phone. It's deliverable by 5 p.m. Um, and Amazon, um, there's some wisdom there that some of his teammates now don't have. Um, and so it's cool. It's cool that he did take it um, in stride. While his team, by the way, was playing in Omaha, while he watched them go to Omaha, he was there. He supported. He's got a ring. He got a Pac-12 championship ring the other day. But I'm proud of who he is, um, having having no hand in his journey. I've just been proud of, of being able to, for you and I to tell his story. And, and then Brian Sikowski, one of the great writers and scouts for Perfect Game. Um, you've cornered him. North Prep pitching arms. Those are his specialty. He's from Michigan, Ohio, and that part of the world. So excited about that. But let's get this thing started. Uh, another fresh edition of uh, one of the best podcasts in the history of the planet, Amateur Hour. Anytime I get a chance and we get a chance, Danny, to go back and chat with those that, that went through the adventures of 2020, I like to. And Chase Burns is one of them. He's performing now at an incredible level at the college level. We'll get into that with Tennessee. But Chase, when, when our world was weird and different and we had challenges in front of us, especially with health, we learned a lot. I, I learned a lot in 2020. I opened my mind and my eyes, but it took courage to go play travel ball. We didn't know what was safe, what we were supposed to do. And yet you took that summer to blow up. You took that summer when a lot of people might have stepped back. And I'm guessing during the heart of the pandemic, you probably worked out a lot. But you took the summer of 2020 to blow up and do incredible things. As you look back on 2020, what do you recollect? Um, aside of maybe how do we fly? How do you stay in a hotel room? Do we wipe it down? What do we do? What do you recall about your baseball side and having the courage to take on all those events in 2020? Uh, you know, I remember a lot from it. First time, you know, going into a dugout and seeing a mask. So it was really different. Uh, you know, I got to work on myself a lot as a, as a player, as a, you know, as a person during that time. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, you know? Yeah, it was different. What do you specifically remember about the cobbled together? And it still turned out great, but the All-American Classic in Oklahoma City, um, all three different age groups were together. It was something that was special in my mind anyway. Again, we were able to pull an event off when baseball was having a hard time pulling itself together, especially amateur baseball through Major League Baseball. What do you remember about the Classic in Oklahoma? Uh, I just remember a great opportunity, you know, being being around a bunch of guys that, you know, had the same skill level as me and that were even better that I could learn from, you know, uh, 
it was just an awesome surreal moment, you know, being on that field with all those guys. Are you dramatically different now as a pitcher than you were then? And I'm going to guess the answer may be a little bit of yes. And, and if so, what dramatic changes have you undergone in about a year and 10 months? Uh, a lot of different things. I think being an athlete on the mound, it's one thing here. We like those PFPs. We, we uh, take a real big pride in them. Uh, I think emotionally not showing any of my emotions uh, is one big thing and just staying as professional as I can. It's so interesting to go back and look at the notes that we have from that event and, you know, what you shared about yourself. One more question surrounding your development. Who or how did you hold yourself accountable during a really weird, scary, tough, crazy time in life to make sure that you were going to be ready for whatever opportunity came at you? Uh, are you talking during COVID or? Yeah, during COVID. Yeah. Uh, I think it was my father. You know, my father, he played sports in high school and college. So really just him wanting me to be the best I could. He kept me accountable for most of it uh, and just helped me become a better pitcher and player. Correct me if I'm wrong. Both your parents were in the Navy? Yes. Okay. Both your parents in the Navy. That's where they met. How yeah. do you feel like that's shaped who you are on and off the field? I mean, off the field, I know like I represent them as my last name Burns. So I know wherever I go, I'm just, I'm just thinking about, you know, who's watching and stuff like that. I'm making sure I'm a, a perfect person. Perfect person. Sorry, Darren, real quick. It, how hard is that? Perfect. I mean, it's uh, hard to be perfect. You're, you're a freshman. How hard is that? We all try to strive to be as perfect as we can. I know it's not it's not possible, but you know it's, it's something I strive for. No, that that's 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 a fair that's a fair goal that none of us will ever reach. But it is a good place to it yep. is a good place to strive for. Tell me about Coach Fitello. Love having him on our shows. He's now one of your mentors. You probably have many in life for a variety of reasons, but he's kind of your baseball boss, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, what's he like? Why have you been a, the right fit for him? Uh, he is probably the biggest competitor that I know that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, him just, he's also a great leader, someone I can get behind. Uh, he was perfect fit for me. You know, he's very loose, but focused. So I thought he was the best fit for me. And, uh, Josh Elander, the, the recruiting coordinator. Yes. Same, same as him. It's funny because recruiting coordinators are getting a little bit more love as are third coaches that are unpaid, which I won't ask you to opine on that. It's ridiculous. But, you know, being a recruiting coordinator to hook someone like you, who's unique and has his own set of goals. I, I think it's an acquired skill to, to, you know, sell the, the university because guys like you, you, you know, we talked before the interview about Ben Joyce, who's throwing like 180 miles an hour and getting all kinds of attention. But recruiting coordinators, um, for you, what was it that Josh, when he reached out to you, what clicked with you? What said, hey, I want to be a volunteer? Uh, honestly, he didn't have to do too much talking. You know, watching this program, like, strive and be better than they were in the other couple of years, you know, watching the fan base and their, their support was kind of what got me here. We hear that a lot about Coach Vitello. I mean, it is – it is the track record is unbelievable. 10 out of 10 will say 
that he is a competitor. I came here to play for him. And you, you could have gone, you could have gone and signed a contract and started your pro career. And you decided to take this path for yourself. How do you want to grow here? How do you want to go through this program and become better? What are the goals? Uh, I think one thing is to get a degree, you know, my parents have taught that to me for many years, you know, if they take one thing away from me, they can't take that degree away from you. And also just becoming a better man and as a person. Who, who are the teammates who hype you up, who help you achieve those goals, who help you feel comfortable, who have just opened their arms and made you feel like this is home. This is the perfect place for me. Uh, ben Joyce is one of them. Uh, Evan Russell, um, Drew Gilbert, uh, Blade Tidwell, you know, those guys are, they've been here. So they're awesome. They've been, they've been great teammates. The last time that you guys ate together, maybe it was today or the day before, what do you talk about? What, what's on your minds? I mean, honestly, we don't talk much about baseball, you know, talk movies, TV shows, stuff like that, you know? Chase, a couple outings I'd love to learn about because when they're all new, they're all new. I mean, when you're doing something for the first time, you're learning. March 4th, Texas, uh, just one run, five innings of work, 10 strikeouts. And you're talking to an old minor league and college pitcher myself. So um, what went well for you that day specifically? Uh, I think just attacking the zone. Um, you know, I know they're a big hitting team and stuff like that, but uh, I figured out that in the first couple of innings that my slider was working really well. So I continued to, you know, set things up for that and get some big strikeouts. Just uh, just uh, within the last week or so, uh, South Carolina, same question. You struck out nine, you pitched into the seventh, which mm -hmm. gosh, I love. I mean, that's, I'm not one of those old men baseball fans or, or broadcasters that says, you know, oh, they got to pitch into the seventh or eighth, but it's still nice. It's nice to help your team. It's mm -hmm. a prideful, how proud were you to be pitching that late in the game? And against South Carolina, what went well for you in that game? Uh, same thing a little bit, you know, just trying to keep the hits, the walks down, you know, giving my team the best advantage to win the game. So I think also the slider again was working very well. So that's something I've been working on, something that I'm just putting what in have, there. What have you learned about your slider? If you've been working on it, what have you changed? What has evolved? What makes it a better pitch? Uh, my feel with it's become different. Um, started throwing it a little bit harder uh you know setting it up for some strikes i can kind of manipulate it throw it off the plate and inside so those are some big things for it what what are your what are your other pitches you know do you throw multiple fastballs is there a bigger slower breaking ball is there a change up kind of introduce me to your pitches real quick uh yeah i've got the fastball uh the slider and then i have a big curveball and then the mm -hmm. change that's came in okay is any one of them more your best friend right now? It sounds like the slider is more your best friend. Yeah, uh, I'm really proud of the changeup. You know, in high oh. school, and I didn't get to use it as much. But here working with uh, Coach Anderson, I've been able to throw it and get hitters timings off with it. So along with Coach Anderson and the staff that you guys have, your staff is number one for mm -hmm. ERA. You're in the top 10 in Division One baseball. If if you're standing in the box, you shared that you'd be scared to face yourself. So if I'm standing in the box and I'm facing any one of your guys, 
Describe what I'm seeing. If I have never, ever seen your team pitch or seen your guys on your staff, give me all the details about what I'm going to see. Uh, you're just going to see a bunch of, bunch of guys I want to compete. I mean, if you're going against Ben Joyce or Chase Dollinger, you're going to see that big fastball. You go against Will Mabry, you're going to see his, his cutter. You go against Kirby Connell, you're going to see his changeup, stuff like that. So, you know, we've all got our own things working out for us that are helping the team. Who do you go to to ask about and pick a pick someone's brain? Who's who's the guy, whoever it may be, and and what do you ask them? What is something specific you've asked them this season so far? Uh, Chase Dollinger's one of them. He was a transfer that came in. Uh, that's the main guy that I kind of go to, or Blade Tidwell. Uh, you know, just of routine stuff like that. Uh, you get quite a bit of time between getting here and games so what they do and how they get prepared mentally for it besides baseball what are you passionate about in other words once you pitch in the big leagues for 15 years what do you want to do what do you want to do when you grow up after you have a long big league career uh i would love to try maybe go into the navy i don't know really what happens with that um working out i love working out so bodybuilding would be a great thing to go to, but I'd probably be too old. So I don't know. You're I'm never intrigued. too old. I mean, I, yeah. I'm intrigued, uh, you know, with your family ties and the, and the kind of the lessons they've shown you, you know, what you've watched with your parents. And I'm sure, you know, because of that, you know, many that have given their careers and their lives uh, to, to the military. Um, what part of being in the Navy appeals to you? If in fact, that's something you do after your long baseball career, what part of, what part of choosing that as a journey appeals to you? Uh, honestly, just because my parents did and how, how it sets you up for the future. Uh, it set them up for the future really well. Uh, it showed off their hard work and dedication. So, Good answer. That's cool. Last one for me, I think, is are, are we still chugging Red Bulls before our starts? We are not doing that anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> just so the adrenaline doesn't go too high and we can, we can stay calm now. We like that. So the slower heartbeat, we're going for the slower heartbeat. Is that right? We're breathing lower, lower heart rate, stuff like that. Danny, what, when did that come from? Was that was back in 20? Is that where you yeah. got that from? That was back in 20. Yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like our, our friend is maturing, you know, yep. that yeah. chase, that sounds like, it sounds like an amazingly perfect travel ball answer. It really does. <laughs> it, it does. And now you gave a perfect college answer with, you have nutrition people around you. You have a place to get good food. And uh, I love that answer. Hey, I, we haven't asked you about Brianna. Is, is your sister older or younger than you? And, and tell us a little bit about her. Uh, she's older. She's been great support. Uh, she goes to the University of Chattanooga. Um, she loves coming to these games and seeing the crowd and stuff like that. So she's awesome. That's great. What does she want to do when she grows up? What kind of, what kind of lighthouse has she been going through school already? I think she is in the speech right now. So she wants to do something with that help other people with the speech. Oh, amazing. So you, got, you, you consider yourselves friends then, good friends. Oh, yeah. It's nice That's to have a friend like that in your corner, isn't it? Oh, yeah. She's awesome. That's awesome, Chase. Stoked to see how far you guys can go, Chase. I know we're all excited to see it, but congratulations on the success so far, and thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. It was awesome. I think the unique thing about Brian Sikowski is we take a peek through the scouts eyes is that he is a high school coach 
Orchard Lake St. Mary's in Michigan. He's won a state championship. He's he understands what the high school athlete goes through. Then he scouts them all year round. He sees the best players in the country. So when he focuses on his region and puts in perspective the arms he is seeing, we listen. Ryan, open your notebook. Let's learn about some great arms up in the in the cold weather. As we're all well aware, high school baseball is well underway throughout the throughout the entire country, including the north where I reside. Uh, with high school baseball just getting underway in the last week or two, a lot of teams still scrimmaging, a lot of teams still just playing their first couple games. But either way, we're officially into high school baseball season here in the North. And what an arms race it's shaping up to be. We've talked about how for years now that this class, this prep class of pitchers, is maybe the best ever, at least as we see it from from right now with them in high school, from what we've been watching over the past few years. Uh, and there's no mistake about it that the strength of that prep pitching class is in the north. It's in Michigan. It's in Indiana. It's in Illinois. It's in Ohio. It's in all these places uh, north of the Mason-Dixon line where baseball doesn't get to start being played until now in April. Uh, we've already seen a lot of velocity spikes. We've seen guys who we've known are good. Um, Jacob Miller's been up to 97. The, the kid from the Columbus area, the Louisville commit right-hander. Noah Schultz, the big six foot nine lefty from Chicagoland who's committed to Vanderbilt, has been up to 98. Uh, a big velocity jump for him. Teammate A.J. Izzy, a, a right-handed pitcher at the same high school there in Illinois, up to 95, 96 now. That's a velocity jump. Brock Porter at St. Mary's in Michigan. Same velocity, but we're seeing the breaking ball get better with him. Everybody... In the prep class, especially in the prep arm class, is at the very least keeping pace, if not making continued jumps from where we've seen them in the past. And that is notable because even, as I said, before these jumps, we were talking about how talented this prep class of arms is. And now it's becoming even more strong, it seems, by the day at this point in the year. Um, looking forward to continuing to follow up with all these All-Americans in the North. Andrew Dukanich in Indiana is just getting underway as it go, uh, uh, in the next couple weeks. Noah Samuel, a uh, big left-handed pitcher from the Cincinnati area committed to Georgia Tech. He's a 6'7 lefty up to 95-96 now when the last velo we saw from him was 90-92. Lots of guys making jumps. Lots of exciting stuff uh, up here in the Midwest region as, as baseball really gets underway as we get into April. Looking forward to bringing it to you all. Uh, keep following us on social media. We'll be seeing a lot of baseball in the coming months. I actually want to start with this past weekend. We are lucky to be joined by Maui Ahuna, plays for KU, and taking on Oklahoma State this past weekend is exactly where I want to start with you, Maui, because at one point this weekend, you were 0 for 4, and then the next day, you go 3 for 4 with 2 RBI. So just to start things off, how do you go from a day like that where you, you're not hitting anything at the plate to the next day contributing in such an impactful way for your team? Yeah, uh, props to Justin Campbell. He's a very good pitcher. Uh, yeah, he was covering my stuff, my stuff. Up. But, you know, I just flush it. I had a bad day and, you know, just got to focus on the next game. And that's what I did and came out playing hard. And uh, even though we still lost, we, as a team, we are, you know, involving better and better every, every game. And, you know, as a top five team, Oklahoma State, you know, we, we kept up. We made it. We kept it a close game, and uh, yeah, we played. We played very well. Well, to be the best, you have to play the best. And yeah. 
anyone that I know who plays sports enjoys playing against some of the best competition, but maybe you could dive a little bit deeper because to flush so quickly to have that goldfish mentality and come back the next day, what actually goes into that? What did you do after the game? Did you watch your at-bats? Did you have a chance to study film for the next pitcher? What did you do to get ready for the next game? So my, my pops, my dad, he always, like, he always watches my games. So he, if he sees something is wrong, he'll send me a video so that I can watch and uh, just, uh, you know, just watch those videos and pick up on some stuff. And um, yeah, so before the game, we, as a team, we will meet in the hotel lobby in the meeting room, and then we will just watch films on the pitchers and who, we, who the arms are gonna be facing for the, for the game. Well, what did dad say, Darren? Sorry to interrupt. What did dad say? What that would have been my question. Yep, that would have <laughs> been my question. What did dad say? Um, what did he say on Friday? Um, he's like, he mostly tells me, if I had a bad day, he was telling me just flush it, you know, this your front shoulder, for example, my front shoulder on Friday was just flying out. So he told me just keep it straight, you know, just keep the eye on the ball and aim everything to left field. So yeah, he just pretty much told me just keep my hands inside and just go where the boss pitch. Mally, one of my favorite things since jumping out of the major leagues as a, as a game caller for years into this space has been amateur island baseball. And getting to know the athletes, how it's such a passion. It's a community event. You can say in Mission Viejo, California, or Scottsdale, Arizona, it is too. But it's not. It's not like it is in Hawaii. It's, it's not the passion where it is your entire town, your community that supports the different athletes that play baseball. You get together. You enjoy it. I've gotten close with Kalei Rosario, who has come ahead of you. He's been on our content a lot. So let's start there. Give me your eyes views of what island baseball is like. Maybe a memory or two where you were playing high school or travel baseball or community baseball where you're like, yeah, man, it's different. And this is what I love about it. Yeah. So being from a small town, Hilo, Hawaii, you know, baseball is everything to us. And, and for us, like baseball is the only way in our, in our eyes, like to get out and, you know, go see the real, the real world uh, for us to like go to college, you know, hope. Play, play professionally. Um, so childhood dream to come to college and play here. Um, hopefully one day in the big leagues. But you know, it's a it's a grind every day. It's pretty much baseball is everything. You know, we wake up, go to school, practice, and yeah, just practice every day, have fun. You know, enjoy the ride. How much do pros give back? I, I was with Keen Wong as an Angels announcer last year. He was there. Colton, obviously, is a very famous name, certainly. A generation back, you had Victorino and Agbayani. How much do Hawaiian athletes mix with you amateur athletes? I heard some pretty interesting stories from guys like Rosario that there is a lot of give back there. Okay. Do you find yourself, you know, intertwining with guys that are in the pros coming back to work with you guys? Oh, yeah. So Colton, Kim, we and uh, Clay, so whenever we're all home together, we all practice together, you know, they learn something new. They'll they'll pass it down to us, so we learn it from, learn from them. Um, Colton and Keen guys they always run camps, small little camps, uh, little kid camps, and we we'll help with that, you know. But yeah, me, Colton, Keen, Clay guys are always practicing together when we're back home. Yeah, it's amazing. Real quick, I'll take one more, Danny. You, you talked about Walter, your dad, and how he sends your videos. Let me go back to when you're 11, 12, 13, and you're hitting with dad. Give me, give me what one of those sessions was like. Where does his passion for baseball lie? How much did he pass on to you? Um, so my dad, my dad was really hard on me, which is a very, very good thing. That's why I'm here where I'm at right now. 
Um, you know, we always we always had a batting cage in my backyard. So if I had a bad game, we would go in the backyard at night. You know, just hit, just hit, hit, hit. Um, you know, he he was he was tough on me, and I, I'm really happy he he was like that. I would I wouldn't be here if he if he wasn't like that. We hear that a lot. So we had a chance to get to know Journey Le Aloha. Do you know Journey? No. Okay, so Journey's from Hilo, and he was at an event uh, a couple months ago, and and we got to know him. And he definitely emphasized the family aspect in Hawaii when you are supported by people who want to see you grow and get better. And the common theme we hear a lot, though, is that to grow and get better, you have to get off the island. And a concept I don't know if a lot of people understand. Can you bring that to life a little bit more? Um. So, yeah, we always... in. In order to get to get seen, we have to like fly to like Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia. We have to fly to all these places to get seen from scouts and colleges. And you know, it's support. My family has given us. My family, friends, has given me so, so much support. You know, to get me to where I'm at. And you know, it's not it's not it's not cheap. So my parents had to work very very hard to you know get get me there and get me seen. And it all worked out. I'm here playing ball, enjoying life. Yep. It, well, it's incredible. And and the impact that they've had on you to help you get to this point. You said you had offers, but KU was the place in the school you wanted to go to. How do you feel like going to a Division One school can impact your life, not just on the field, but off of it? How does this impact you? So as a small town boy, uh, it was a big change for me from coming from Hilo to Kansas, you know. I had to meet new friends, had to move in, learn how to live on my own, you know, do school. You know, it's, it was a very big change for me, but, you know, as I got older and lived here longer, it's, everything just got started to go more smoothly. And you know, now I'm loving it, you know, just playing ball every day. I'm curious about your dad's name, Walter. Is he the second? Would he be junior? He'd be junior, yes. And you're the third? I'm the third. So where does Maui come from? So my parents, before they had me, my parents and my three sisters used to live uh, on the island of Maui. Sure. And then, so my real sister, so I have two half sisters and my real sister. So she was born there. So there's a beach, her name is McKenna. There's a beach on the, on the island of Maui named McKenna. So, so my parents decided to move to Hilo when I was in her, in her stomach. So his name in Maui just to like, like remind me. Like, the name in Maui because just remind me of the island. You know, it's yeah. just confusing how they how they wanted to name me. Well, I, I'm, I'm a parent. I get it. I'm yeah. a parent. I get it. I'm fine with it. That's a great explanation. And, and Maui is a god too. If you guys, yes, yeah. So that was one part. Yeah. It's funny how it's funny how everyone who plays sports, athletics, specifically baseball, is wanting to get quote unquote off the island as Danny said all of us in the mainland are dying to get to the island and escape and, and enjoy now respecting your parents work very hard on the island it's not a vacation for them but uh that's funny how that works all we're wanting to do is go where you're from and just unplug and not bring our cell phones and enjoy life my friend so it's it's a fun give and take Jessica you talked about McKenna and Heilani right your sisters Yes. Helani, tell me about them. Tell me about the relationship you have. I know you have, as you said, half sisters, a blended family, but tell me about your siblings and your relationship. Um, 
they're very supportive. I, I love my sisters a lot. Um, they're always watching my games. You know, after a game, I always get a text message, a hey, good game. Um, you know, they they have done a lot too. They always have my back. You know, when I'm when I have a horrible game, they'd be like, hey, pick your head up. And um, yeah, so they're they're the most the best sisters ever. That's <laughs> for. I'm curious when that horrible game is, dude. You've reached in 21 of 22. Like Danny went hunting and pecking like I did to find the one over. There's one over, one. <laughs> because the other over, I don't count. I'm a modern baseball guy. The other over had a walk in it. So, I, you know, that's reaching. So that's nice that you got one text from your sisters this year when you've struggled because you've had one game where you've struggled. Uh, I, I love it. Hey, Mom Marie, is it? tell me about your mom. Um, my mom's a very hardworking woman. Um, she works every What does day. she do? What does she do? So both of my parents, my dad, dad and mom is uh, correction officers. Uh, they work at the jail, so it's not a, it's not an easy job. It's kind of no. really stressful. Wow. So yeah, my mom, my mom does a lot for me, and you know she's always there for me when I need her. And um, yeah, she's a very good woman. I think what Darren and I both pick up is pride. Yeah. Often we hear pride, and and you're saying yes to. What makes you most proud to represent Kilo in the middle of the United States, smack dab in Kansas? What makes you the most proud? Um, what makes me proud is that you know, being being from there, you know, just putting Hawaii on the on the map, you know, for the kids, for the other kids, you know, if I if Colton did good, you know, scouts would be like, oh, there's probably more of Colton there. Let's go, let's go see, let's go see if there's any other kids like him. So it's, I'm very proud of that. You know, as I'm doing good right now, I'm making my family proud, I'm making the town of Hilo proud. And that's, that's my main goal, is just make everybody proud and, you know, just show I'm playing for them. What was the, the most surprising or the most shocking moment you've had so far in Kansas? Um, that's a good question. Uh, no, no hitter last year, Eli Davis. He pitched a no no hitter last year. That was that was my first one ever to be part of. So that was one of my best wow. moments here so far. So I never got to really I never got to experience a no hitter. And I got the last two outs, the ground balls to me, and I was shaking. My hands were shaking. I was telling I was telling to myself like I hope the ball doesn't come to me. But the two <laughs> last outs came to me, and I was just yeah, that was the best. Did moment. you keep the ball? Uh no, we gave we gave we gave the Eli the ball. Last ball, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And by the way, the most shocking and surprising thing could have just been the word Kansas. <laughs> if you would have just said Kansas. And I played there many summers, family and friends there. I mean that with respect. It's just different than where you come from. Yeah. So if you would have just said Kansas, that would have been a fine answer. I want to go back to 2019 because you've talked of your parents' work ethic and having an uncle that, you know, worked in the corrections my entire childhood who's like a second dad, I, I get it. You know, he's in the deep south, so it's different, but the same. It's very, very hard work. But yet in 2019, you got on a plane and went to the National Underclass West. You went to PG National at Chase. I remember seeing you there. And then you went to Jupiter with the Blue Jays scout team, and you performed at all of them. How rewarding was it to say, gosh, my parents are doing everything for me, number one. Number two, I was able to ball when I got there. That, that, those three trips, man, those are bold trips, and those aren't cheap, as you said. Um, that, that summer of 2019, spring, summer, into the fall, had to be very rewarding for you. Yes, it was. It was. Um, it was kind of hard on the other side because, you know, back in town, we don't face, like, the players here. Like, they're 10 times better than the players I play against uh, back in 
in Hilo. And it was just a hard, you know, from facing 85, 80 to coming to perfect game or going to Jupiter and just facing 95, 96. So that was, that was, that was good to experience that. And, you know, just, I, I just love the grind. Just love the grind. Yeah. yeah. Going over there, just facing new pitching, new arms, you know, just seeing how the other players are, how they are like in the mainland. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you caught my eye, Maui, because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at numbers. I'm looking at different schools. Like I said, we, we want to be so diverse on our podcast and make sure that across the board, we're covering college baseball the way it should be covered. And I saw your batting average, but just hearing you talk about the development that you've had, what would you say is your scouting report on yourself now? Like, where are you at right now? Um, I'm doing or I'm doing good right now. I just, just got to keep it there. You know, I just had some game, bad games, up and down, up and down games. Um, you know, I just got to keep doing me, keep playing well for my team. My, you know, just Kansas for a university. But if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a big league team, Maui, sorry to interrupt. If I'm a big league team, if I'm a scout, I'm calling you and I haven't seen you play yet, but I want to learn a little bit about you. What are you going to tell me about your game? I know it's team first, but I'm going to make you brag about yourself for a second. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, that I play with my heart. I play with my heart every single game. Like, I do not want to lose. Like, my goal, everybody's goal is to, you know, make a regional, win the Big 12 tournament, make it to Omaha. That's the one thing on my mind every game is I want to And that's pretty much, yeah. Every ball, I, every ball I see, I just want to destroy it. Every every pitch, I want. I'm hoping the ball comes to me, to make a play. You know, I always want to do something special on the field. You know? So with that in mind, how have you evolved mechanically? I mean, I, I'm an old minor league player. I I pitched and then played in the minor leagues. My dad's in the Hall of Fame as a player. So talk a little deeper mechanically. How have you evolved? Let's say over the last six months mechanically. Um, no, I just use more reps. I've been doing way more reps. You know, every day. Just double the doubling the wrapping the reps and yeah, just make sure my feet, my swings on on point, everything's on point, time. Yeah. You you gave me no secrets there. You gave me no secrets <laughs> I, at all. I, I'm just doing me. I'm just doing me. <laughs> I'm just doing the same stuff. <laughs> Hey, I think last one. Go ahead, Darren. Go ahead. No, no, no. Hey, you just have to know that like I'm diving deep because. You know, there's nothing cooler than a than a left-handed hitting middle infielder. You know that. Like, I, I'm truly yeah. become an amateur space geek, and I've realized I'm no longer the big league guy anymore because nothing geeks me out. Two things, two things, right? Left-handed hitting middle infielders and left-handed hitting catchers. I don't really care about anything else anymore. So I'm going to keep asking. That's why I ask those questions. There's Batting nothing third, cooler. too. Batting third. Batting third. That's, that was the thing. I, I, I had a couple of people tell me that. Shortstop, left-handed hitter. Batting Come third. on. Yeah, I had a couple of people tell me that already. By by the way, Danny, that's do you, do you you mentioned batting average, Danny? I mean, come on now, seriously. Well, I mean, on base you know, percentage. Well, that's, you know, that's how I found him. I found him. He was in Maui, top ten. It must be and fun said, for you to do this interview in 1978. We're talking batting average. <laughs> that's all right. She's at Cardinals camp doing this interview right now. They're kind of old fashioned anyway. Listen, I'm so excited that we got to meet you and had this conversation because that's how I found you. I'm not going to I'm not going to be mad or apologize for the ways that I find these awesome human beings, Maui. And so you well done. Well done by you. 
<laughs> well done by you. Maui, thank you so much for your time, dude. This was awesome. And, and we're excited to, to see you develop. You're special. You're really special. Thank you. Thank you. Longtime MLB star Hunter Pence is my co-host for Perfect Game College Baseball. We stream it every week on Perfect Game TV. It was a longtime Sirius XM show. And Hunter's amazing. Um, he's on hiatus right now down in Australia. Be back. Uh, in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, I had a I had a collegiate conversation with Chase Davis, perfect game All-American, one of the great sluggers out west now, right now, right near the top of the pack in home runs. Incredible power, high upside. Here's a few uh, a few minutes anyway of my chat with Chase. For you, your freshman year had some tough times. I'll go right there, right out of the gates, because I'm seeing some great times this year. When someone always succeeds, someone's a perfect game All-American as you were, and then you go through some speed bumps, what did you learn about yourself? I feel like the biggest thing for me, and it was kind of hard to understand at first, um, but then I was able to pick it up, was just kind of waiting my turn and being patient. As, as cliche as that sounds, it was super important for me to be able to be the best teammate I could, um, regardless of if I was playing or not. You know, of course I was used to playing each and every single day, but I think for me just taking turns and seeing the other guys that are older than me and learning from them and kind of learning how they were doing things and just hearing them talk, I was able to learn more than even just playing on the field. So that kind of first year, that first year was big for me to be able to kind of sit out and uh, understand that, you know, it wasn't my turn yet, but my turn was going to come. So I was just super patient and I was able to overcome the fact that, you know what, I'm not playing every day, but just be the best teammate I could for my team. You did help so many points along the way last year when you could and when called upon. You guys made a run at one of these. What was this journey like? What was this trip like? You've done big baseball things already, but this is different. What was this like? Nothing was as huge as this. Nothing was as huge as this. I think this was an experience that, you know, every single player on the team is going to remember for the rest of their life. And it was super unreal to be able to see, you know, all the fans that were supporting us through this process and to be able to see kind of how it was when we got there to Omaha and all the all the lights, the huge stadium and the, the great competition we were playing as well. So I think for us, it was just, and for me especially, kind of um, an eye-opening for how big, you know, of a career that I could have as an individual, but most importantly for these years here I'm at Arizona so it was unnatural it was, it was awesome the summer of 21 the fall of 22 what grew and developed for you where did you evolve the most I think mentally in the box and, and mentally kind of in the outfield as far as playing my position I think just being able to be a, a more mature hitter as I got older kind of coming into college at first I just wanted to feel like I had to prove something mm -hmm. all the time and that was kind of something I had to get over and kind of mature for so I, I understood that people knew what I was capable of so I just had to be able to trust myself and slow everything down and really take each and every single chance I could to show that to show that I was super mature and, and taking the game slow one pitch at a time and locking in and being more present present in the box is something I learned more so I think just maturing as a person not even just as a baseball player but as a person as well was really important it's interesting at the levels prior to this one you were expected to be the guy that did the heavy lifting and now you're just expected to be one of the guys you know one of them I just interviewed your teammate mm -hmm. who's going to be a first mm -hmm. round pick yeah. the great yeah. catcher um but, but for you, you are having your moments. And how, how nice are those moments? I got to call a three-run homer of yours recently and um, kind of felt it coming. Got lucky, folks, in a sense. <laughs> but I did feel it coming. I had seen a lot of his. But what are those moments like, especially with the, with the perspective of last year that I knew these moments would come? If I'm to listen to you, you're saying, I knew these moments would come. But how, how nice do those runs around the bases feel? They feel like I belong here. I feel like I belong in a team that, you know, I don't have to do everything. We have a whole bunch, one through nine is, is capable of helping the team win, especially with good pitching. So I think just being able to be here and doing the things that I'm doing, it, it's kind of a check mark as far as confidence and as far as a, 
um, just patience and, and humbleness as well because I don't get too high up after a good game, but I don't get too down after a bad game. So I'm really trying to find a happy medium. So like you said, just rounding the bases after home runs and making awesome plays in the outfield and just doing anything to help my team win is more important than, than anything I could ask for in this game. So that's what I've been trying to do recently. Family, it always comes back to family, Danny. Um, I think for us, whether we're learning about an athlete who's lost a parent, lost a sibling, has just a single mom or dad, or has the, the family still together. One of the great blessings today and talks about grandparents. That's kind of, it's kind of what I think about when I think about Maui and I think about Chase, two totally different parts of the world, yet, you know, speak of their parents and the impact they've had Maui with his dad and, you know, the uniqueness of being in his mom's, as he says, my mom's stomach, when we moved from Maui, that's why my name is Maui. And and, and the pride he has of his dad, Walter, who he says, ground him down to sawdust sometimes. And he said, thank you. I'm glad you did. And then the military discipline of Chase, Chase Burns, who, you know, has a huge arm, triple digits arm, but they always very humbly go back to family. Again, here we are in this podcast talking about that subject. I like that. You learn the most about a person through their family. And luckily, these guys feel comfortable enough to share who is a part of their family and what they mean to them. And when you get to hear that Chase's parents were both in the Navy and that's where they met. And that's something that he thinks about the pride he has for his country, but the sacrifices that his parents have made to get him to this point in his life and the pride he has for his team and what he brings to that team. I just think that that all funnels through his mom and dad. And then it's the same for Maui and hearing, it's a story we hear a lot of Hawaiian kids who have to get off the island to get seen, to have exposure for people to understand how good they really are. This kid is really good. He's really good. And he, he doesn't miss a lot. He's contributing to a team that maybe isn't having the most success right now, but he's standing out. And it's because of the parents that he has, the sacrifices that they've made. And he's making Hawaii really, really proud. And I hope one day he gets to have a chance to get drafted become a professional baseball player. And I know he'll give back. That's, that's the story that we always hear. You can tell that that's something that he would be interested in doing, but I just really enjoyed hearing about their families and their journeys in college baseball, because they're taking different journeys and that's perfectly fine. That makes them so special. And that makes the college baseball landscape, I think even better, to be honest. And I'm proud of your discipline on this show. I know in our pre-production meetings, you made it clear that you really thought it was going to be important to talk about the Oscars and all that went on, but I'm proud that you were able to stay on point and on focus. So that's been amateur hour and uh, certainly glad that you have found us, uh, Danny and Darren, and this is the best podcast simply put in the history of the world. Did we, well, maybe one day we'll earn an Oscar. We'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll have to nominate ourselves for that. So. I'll have a grandson <laughs> named Oscar. That's the closest I'll get. Please. <laughs> subscribe, listen, share, review, like us, retweet us, all the things. We appreciate you listening. Oscar in the Office is a cool character too, by the way. Very cool character. Bye, everybody. 